On today's Locked On Badgers, Johnny Davis is officially going pro. We're going to put a, a ribbon on that. And we're also going to talk a little bit about will Johnny Davis get into the NBA? You know, maybe affect Wisconsin's recruiting in a positive way. I'm not so sure about it, but we're going to jump into it. All that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, welcome to Locked On Badgers, your daily source for everything going on with the Wisconsin Badger sports landscape. As always, I'm Ryan, joined by that gentleman over there, Justin, and we are live and in color by the magic of the internet. This show is not only going to be everywhere you find podcasts, it's also going to be available live on YouTube. So we're trying to get you guys the, the content you want wherever you might consume it. Um, on today's show, we're talking about Johnny Davis, possible implications on recruiting, and also get a little bit more into spring football. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Badgers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is also brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash Badgers. All right, Justin, let's get into it. Uh, this has been a pretty obvious thing for a while. Johnny Davis is going pro. No surprise, but we wanted to wait on kind of the final proclamations until it officially happened. He made his announcement. Johnny Davis is leaving the Wisconsin Badgers program early to go join the NBA lottery. Uh, what are, I guess, the, the big picture here, what, what do you take away from his legacy at Wisconsin? Uh, I think we can say he simply had one of the greatest individual seasons of a Badger player, in, at least in our lifetime. Um with the great season, I mean, he's up there with Frank, right? I mean, Frank won National Player of the Year. This is about as close as it gets. Mm -hmm. In terms of guard play, he's the best rebounding guard I can remember as a Badger. Yeah. Um, and I would say defensively, he's he's pretty high up there too. Even though I think there's a couple of guys you could probably put ahead of him defensively. I mean, multiple awards too, right? So there's a lot of ways you can look at Johnny Davis's career. Everything you said is correct, are correct and true. You know, Big Ten Player of the Year. He was the Lute Olsen player of the year. National, yep. Yep. And also the, I think it was the Jerry West. Jerry West. Which yeah. is given to the best shooting guard in the country. So, you know, uh, high, high, high praise, all American, you know, just a dominant force that swept through a bunch of uh, awards, medals, uh, had one of the biggest freshman to sophomore improvements we've seen from a Wisconsin player in a long time and really put Wisconsin on his back for, for huge stretches, especially early in the season. Is there... So we talked awards. We kind of talked where he's going. Is there anything else um, about his legacy that that makes Johnny Davis unique at Wisconsin? Is there a favorite moment, a favorite game? Well, I mean, if we we break it down, it's got to be the games against Purdue, right? The, the mm -hmm. two, the toughest team we played all season long, and he showed up huge in both games. Uh, the first one, he absolutely dominated Jaden Ivey, who's getting some talk about going possibly number one by some people in this draft. And, you know, quite frankly, Johnny took him to task the first game. It wasn't even close in terms of that matchup. And the second game, I still think that he made Ivy really uncomfortable with his athleticism. And it, it's, it was just one of those things where you get to see how a player affects people when he's got, you know, a little bit more than what the other guys on the floor do. Uh, yeah. You know, Ivy's so used to being able to take on a normal college defender. He has a guy like Johnny on him who he can't just blow by and it changes everything. Yeah. Now that, that first Purdue game, especially right. The 37 pointer 
where he had oh, 10 plus rebounds. I forget the exact number, but it was a double double with 37 points. It's like 14, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was just a dominant, dominant performance. I mean, is it that is as good of a singular Wisconsin Badger performance as I mean, Decker Kaminsky had those games against Arizona and the Elite Eights. Um, that's about as good a Badger performance as I've ever seen. See, I look back on the Arizona game, at least the second one, as like a collaborative team effort. Like Frank was the linchpin, but I mean, the second one, we all remember the shooting in that game, like mm-hmm. the crazy amount of threes that Wisconsin just kept drilling. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you go off against a ranked opponent with a future NBA lottery pick and you drop 37 14 on a yeah. national stage, right? I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, quite frankly. Yeah. And they, and you got the dub. So let me, let me give you another one. Let me give you something about Johnny Davis that's always going to stand out to me, always going to uh, stick in my head. He just had an ultimate swagger about him. Right, that a lot of college players don't have. And it didn't matter. The thing with Davis, which is really unique, I think, to Davis, a lot of people have a swagger when things are going well. Right. Johnny had that swagger no matter what. Johnny could be in the middle of a two for 12 streak, and his swagger was as as equally um, consistent as it is if he was 10 for 12. And I will always remember that that court presence about him. Well, for better or worse, Johnny Davis is like a junkyard dog, right? He's one of those guys you back him into a corner and he's going to come at you with everything he's got. <clears throat> Now, at times that hurt him because he would be too assertive and put himself into a bind in bad situations. But you can never argue the fact that he was willing to come out and, and was afraid of anybody on the court. Like he thought he was the best player on the court every time he stepped on the court. Yeah. And it's that swagger. It's just, and that's what's going to make him, I think, really attractive to NBA scouts. There's going to be an intangible factor with Johnny Davis where other players are, uh, certainly other players in the draft at that. Um, position are better shooters, at least more proven shooters. You know, have more athleticism, have more length, probably have more upside. But I don't think there's going to be anybody in the draft that has more intangible, um, what you would call it, intangible uh, mental toughness. Ment- yeah, mental toughness. But even beyond that, a little bit, just like uh, an absolute desire to really win every game and every possession to be a two way player. I don't think teams are going to – there might be other players with that equal amount. I don't think you're going to find another player with more than that than Johnny Davis. I don't think I've seen another guard that that I would say that – not with his level of, a like, pro potential. Because Brad Davison. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I've seen other <laughs> yeah. I've seen other guys clearly that will play hard and have that level of intensity. But, right, not at that level. But there's of. not a guy that we've seen that has the, the mix of pro-level athleticism and talent that also has that type of, of – you know, toughness and fortitude that we're seeing. Um, you watch as as tough as Johnny has had the season at times. Just about every other guard has had similar times, and the the difference between Johnny and them is that Johnny still goes out there and gets you ten boards, or mm-hmm. will will come away with you know some huge defensive plays, even in the games where he doesn't play overly well. And that's just something that you don't see very common in college and that's something that translates to the nba like even if you're going to be a rotational guy that will translate every time he hits the floor well i was just gonna that's funny you brought that up i was gonna transition to my second point of he's gonna be a i don't think he's gonna fall far enough for this uh, which is a good thing by the way like i obviously don't want to fall he would be an absolute gem if he could fall to a contending team right because he could fit into a glue guy go glue guy roll right away oh yeah you you put him as like say the seven (laughs) man on a team like that it would be amazing because he's going to come in there and he's going to bug the Mm -hmm. bejesus out of whoever he's guarding out there 
And you can't make mistakes on him because he is a guy who can get down to the other end and will will start a fast break on his own. Yeah, it's such a, such a wild ride too. Hey, here's another question. This is something I was I was kicking around in my head. Does his legacy diminish at all, just in terms of uh, the all time Wisconsin greats, right? The Deckers, the Kaminskys, those type of guys. Um, even even the, the Orlando Tuckers, who I know recently his legacy is a little tarnished. But just from a basketball perspective, does his legacy diminish a little bit because he was only here for two years? As a Wisconsin legend. In terms of where he ranks, it does put him behind a few guys. I think it puts him behind Frank for sure. Um, I would say I I, can't, I personally thought Devin Harris was a little bit more, brought a little bit more over his overall time here. Um, but there's, I think those are probably the only two guys that I personally, other than say somebody like Michael Finley, who are really going back, um, those are probably the only two guys that I really look at and say that he hasn't surpassed. Like, I think I'd put him ahead of Decker. I, I just think that Johnny mm. has meant a lot more to this team and had a lot less help than what Decker ever had in his career at Wisconsin. That's a tough one. Um, I think, I think that's going to be a future conversation because I think I might disagree with you a little bit on Decker, but I don't think we have time to get into it right now. Regardless, like that's that's high, high, high praise. No, yeah, right? I know so, it is. I think mean, you can't I argue another guy who is there. what 18th in the draft, right? And so. was a huge part, obviously, better teams, but also a huge part in two incredible runs. So, oh, yeah, I think we'll get into that in another section. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I just had to wrap it up in, in one, one thought, one word, one idea, it's just the fact that he was just a warrior that was good enough to play in the NBA, but played like he needed to prove it every night. And I'll always really respect that from Johnny Davis. And same here. All right, guys, with that, we'll be coming back with our second segment here. We're going to dive into what kind of effect does this have on Wisconsin recruiting Johnny Davis potential, you know, All-American potential lottery pick? Does this change anything in the way that other recruits view Wisconsin going forward? Um, today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Once again, Stat Hero, this is one of our favorite sponsors. They have really helped Ryan and I, whose brackets were absolutely destroyed after the first week, still have some opportunity to take part in some great games with the uh, NCAA tournament here. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickums put the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to take the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. And Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. You can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown, promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions may apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And as always, thanks for making Locked On Badgers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ryan. We're going to dive into this one here. 
I'm I'm very intrigued by this because this isn't this is something that is going out there, and I I think me you and I may have a differing view on this of what we think this will mean. Johnny Davis potentially being a lottery pick, second year player only, coming out in the draft and and going high. What are your thoughts on what this does for Wisconsin recruiting going forward? Zero percent. That's that's hyperbole. So I'm I, certainly it's not going to have certainly it can can't hurt, and it can probably help a little bit. I think any notion that Johnny Davis coming here, not starting his first year and uh, not being able to go pro till his second year is going to have any impact on high level blue chip recruits coming to Wisconsin, thinking they can come here and follow that path. I think that is far fetched at best and probably complete hogwash at worst. Uh, I, I don't buy it. I really don't. And let me let me give you the, the biggest reason why the overarching reason why I do not buy Johnny Davis having a big effect on Wisconsin's recruiting going forward. Because the people that we're going to be competing with to try to lure better recruits, they have tons of one and done and two and done guys all the time. So they can already sell this. Well, I okay. First off, my my follow-up to that, I guess, would be what what do you think it will have? Not necessarily one and dones, because I don't think that that's Wisconsin's where they're looking to make their bread and butter. Wisconsin, what what they're hoping that this is is that it proves that we can take an unheralded guy with some athleticism and mold them and that is something that they've still struggled to really do going forward that if they can start pulling in the low four-star guys who are a little bit more raw don't necessarily have that game that's ready to go after a year that they potentially can grab a guy and do something with them um my goal personally of where i'd like to see wisconsin get and i think that you and i are in agreement on this ideally is we want to see wisconsin go from getting mid three stars upper three stars to the low four stars consistently So if they start going from getting guys who are 150 down to getting guys that are, you know, 120 or top 100, that makes a big difference. There is a athleticism. This isn't like college football. There's an athleticism gap that you hit when you start hitting that point where if a guy is just a step quicker guy has a little bit cleaner of a shot that can make a lot, a huge difference in the aggregate for a team. See, I don't think Wisconsin's really struggled landing a lot of those guys anyway in that range. Guys like Crowell, Carlson were low four-star guys. I mean, you could go down the list. There's been a lot of them. Okay. I think I think when people say, will this improve recruiting, they're talking about landing the in-state kids like the Takatos, the Jalen Johnsons, the Diamond Stones, right? The, the, the more elite kids who say, I can't go to Wisconsin to be an NBA guy. Because if we're just talking about landing more low four-star guys, then not, that doesn't really – not much is changing then, really, in my opinion. Well – Hear me out. The difference that I'm seeing there is we're talking Crowell and and we're talking certain guys that really realistically don't have an NBA future. I I, I love Crowell. I think he can have a really good career by the time he leaves here. If he thinks that he's going to be an NBA player, I I, I think that he's going to really have to develop to to find a way to get to that. But that's the difference that I'm seeing is we can get some of those more athletic ball of clay guys that are around that rank rather than being the guys who are high skill, lower ceiling guys. That's the difference that I think. Like we see teams like Michigan State who do this with guys all the time. They'll get them that are just more athletic guys that they they'll find they'll get their one or two blue chippers and then they'll have a bunch of guys that are kind of in that low four star range who end up being guys who play for them three, four years and they're athletic and they get things done and they play hard and they're strong. Wisconsin really doesn't get those bigs that are that type of guy. And that's a, that would be a huge difference for them if they could start pulling in a few of those guys. Yeah, I think a lot of those guys Michigan State gets, though, are, are blue-chip type recruits that are big and athletic. Like Wisconsin – so I, I guess I guess we're in, – in a way, I think we're saying something similar. 
yeah. where we're, we're, we are, I feel like we're in agreement that this is not going to open any floodgates to five-star blue chip no. talent. Like, I think that notion is absurd, if but can... I also don't think it really, like, I, th I think when you're talking Wisconsin needs to get more ball of play athletic guys versus skilled guys, uh, more skilled guys. I think that's more of an a organizational philosophy. I think Greg Gard and those guys target skill guys over athleticism guys. And I don't think it has anything to do with who they can get. Right. I think that's the type of players that they target for their system. And I think it's been that way for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I it's, it's, a little bit of both. I think that we do target some of those athletic ball clay guys like Zeke Nan was it Nanja? Nanji? Missed him. Yeah. Unfortunately. He did. But but he really blew up. But, but Khalil was, Iverson was that ball was clay guy. Roughly in that that range where he was a low four star when we found him. And then he jumped in Arizona, ended up grabbing him. Um and I kind of look at it like those are the guys that if you can just start grabbing one of those every few cycles or whatever that makes a world of difference for a team like Wisconsin who doesn't necessarily have the bigs like Kaminsky was a powerhouse because he was so skilled like he was so advanced skill wise compared to the average college center that he would just chew them up and you can't rely on that to overcome the athletic gap often because those guys just don't come very often I mean Timmy's probably the only other guy that we've seen recently right that that is similar in that regard in terms of it. I guess you can make Ethan Happ kind of have that, but he just didn't have the jumper. Um, and I think that that's where, that's where you kind of view the difference for a guy like that. It's like his shortcoming is, is that he can only be really truly used in one way. But then I think you're agreeing with me in that in, in this case, you know, um, there's really not going to be a huge new pull to Wisconsin. There, I don't think there's going to be. A huge okay. So new we're pull. actually in agreement on that. Yeah. I, I think that, what what I would like to see is if we can get slightly higher recruits. Like if we go from getting guys who are who have more NBA aspirations, but realize that it may take them a couple of years to physically develop and everything else, that's where Wisconsin can start to make a living if they they do it right. Potentially, but again, I don't think Guard wants those guys as as much. I, I listen. I think well, he would take those guys. I think he wants like because here's the thing, and you and I think would agree with this. Once you get past the top 50, the top 75, maybe even the top 100, you kind of have to pick and choose what you want most. You're not going to get yeah. an athletic, You're tall, looking lanky, for specific athletic powerhouse at, with the 150 best players. And I think typically guard and company, and this is a, a holdover from Bo Ryan, who obviously guard learned under, they just lean towards, I want the skilled guy who can shoot, and they lean away from the Khalil Iverson types. I mean, we get them occasionally, but I think that's more of an organizational well, thing than uh, can we get that guy. You, and you're not wrong because I mean you look at it this way: if you have uh, the skill is tangible, right? It's not going to go away. It's already developed on a player like that. So if they can do something well when they come in the door, it's a huge advantage versus somebody who who has no defined skill. When you bring them in and just as athletic, they effectively could just be running around, you know, making mistakes. When you have somebody who's refined, you know, they may have limitations in terms of what they can do, but they're probably going to give you some positive things while they're out there and it, it's kind of it, it is a balancing act they're trying to find those guys mm -hmm. um i honestly the biggest thing we've seen and we're already started seeing it before johnny left is starting to get a little bit more athletic at the guard position and i think they need to continue that we need to step it up another notch yet i love chucky but i think we'd all love a point guard who has some jets that we could you know bring in at a class to kind of balance with him where you have a little bit of both because i think chucky is strong enough and long enough that you can 
could probably slide him to a college against a college two guard at times. Yeah, as long as he's not one of the the six five, six, five guys. Six, six, but yeah, yeah. he could hold his own. I think one through two easily, and even yeah. even against some threes if they can't yeah. if they're not overpowering. Um, all right, so yeah, I, I think we actually kind of agree with this. You know, don't expect a flood of four and five star NBA bound kids because Johnny Davis came through Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't think we were ever expecting a flood to begin with. I think what it was is what you're hoping for is somebody who previously just thought that they had no chance of developing here now looks at it and says, hey, there is a guy that's done it. You know, they, they know what they're doing there. They made him good. I can do that, too. Um, and there are there's talent in Wisconsin. There just is. Like if you can start grabbing one of one or two of those guys every year, there are four and five stars that come out of Wisconsin fairly regularly. Yep. So if you can start getting a few of those guys, and we normally don't get them, right. if you can start getting a couple of those guys, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, when you say pretty regularly, I mean, there's been a lot of high-level talent that's come out of Wisconsin and gone to other programs, you mm-hmm. know, North Carolina, Duke, Maryland, et cetera, et cetera. So locking some of that down, I mean, it would be enormous for Wisconsin to be able to do with the way they can recruit Minnesota and Illinois at times mm-hmm. and a few of those other programs. All right, guys, uh, coming up on the next segment, we're going to get into – uh, spring football and is there is there a, a side of the ball that should be a, a little further ahead of the other should we be a little concerned that maybe the defense has reportedly been a little ahead of the offense also today's show is brought to you by bet online after months and months of college football or college basketball kind of dominating the headlines you're down to the final four down to the national championship game bet online is not just a basketball thing though this is not the time to turn away from betonline.net it's your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info latest odds contests player props you name it everything you need is right there and it's an overall sports site as well news podcasts any type of sports developments um basically reviews for all the leagues that are going on. You can get everything you need there. It's a one-stop shop. It's also not just sports. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information needs, um, including live betting, which is incredibly fun to do if you haven't done it, and all your favorite Vegas casino games, blackjack, roulette, any any way that you want to spin it. BetOnline.net is your number one source to get your sports gambling and your gambling fun and needs out of the way. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Find all the latest props, all the latest, latest futures, you can put bets on anything, where coaches are leaving, where they're landing, future MVPs. Joe Burrow is an interesting choice there if you want to lay some money on the young kid. Um, anything you want to do, bet online is where the game starts. Go online, betonline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. All right, Justin, let's jump back into this. Um, I want to talk a little bit about early reports that from spring football that the defense is a little ahead of the offense. And I, I want to break it down into kind of a two-parter here for you. The first is, on the surface, that seems expected. The defense has been incredible for a long time, right? The offense has been moribund for, for a while. However, this is also a defense replacing basically everybody in the secondary, right? Three of the four starting linebackers. Herbig's been hurt, um, replacing Henderson. This, this is a defense with a ton of turnover, and it still seems like the offense is at times – Although there have been a few good reports, but it still seems like the offense is really struggling with a third-year starting quarterback, Braylon Allen. Um, Should we be concerned here, or is this just kind of par for the course for you? I think it's too early to tell, to be quite honest. I think we're early on in the process here, and what we want to see is we want to see this become more of a grudge match slash give and take kind of between the offense and the defense, right? We don't want to hear that the defense is just absolutely dominating practice. I'm fine with shock plays where the defense picks one off here or there. 
or, you know, gets through for a sack. But if we're hearing that it's like tackle for losses, like crazy and, you know, nonstop sacks happening, there's a problem. Now, right off the bat, I'll say this. We've had a lot of moving around on the offensive line and we do mm-hmm. have injuries there. So Tipman being out is a big deal to me. Nelson getting his feet wet at left tackle. I feel like that's going to take mm-hmm. a little bit of time for him to get his reps in. And the defensive line is actually fairly seasoned. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Benton that's back out there. You have um, Rodas Johnson. You have uh, Mullins, who has been out there for several years now playing. Mm-hmm. So the defensive line is actually pretty deep. And you and I have discussed this before, that we think that it's one of the strengths of the team. Um so for me, I look at it and it's like this, I feel pretty good about it when we start to hear things happening in the passing game and in the running game. I do think that we have guys in the right places for this offense to be better than it's been in the last few years. What we need to hear is we need to hear plays are being made in the passing game. And it sounds like we're starting to nail some chunk plays the last few days in practice. So if that continues, we're not hearing a lot of turnovers. That's a positive movement. But what I want to hear is I want to hear some regularity happening with those chunk plays. Right. I think there's talent out there. Right. And you definitely, like you said, it can't be every day the defense mauled the offense again, mm-hmm. ho-hum, right? Because that's what we've heard the last couple of years. And then what has been the result, right? The result of the season has played out that way. Wow, mm-hmm. the defense is really good and the offense isn't very good. So you do want to start to see a little bit of push and pull. The other thing I'd bring up with the offense that I think we need to be fair here and be aware of, there's a bunch of coaching turnover. On the offense, yeah. right? New quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, tight end coach, running back coach, offensive line. I mean, it's it's an incredible amount of coaching turnover. So I think if I think the spring is probably to work some of that out, right? If we yeah. had, if he had come out and said the offense is dominating, I think it'd be shocking. I think by fall, right? I'm I'm kind of writing off all the of spring. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think by fall, if the defense is still dominating the offense, uh, major red flags need to go up at that point. But for now, yeah. I think it's all right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, we we the offense needs to start proving that it's it's you know has some bite to it because that's what's been missing. Like we haven't had an offense that could make a defense pay when they make a mistake in a while now. I mean, it was effectively Jonathan Taylor when he was here. Mm-hmm. So if if you made a mistake, he just had speed to outrun your mistake, and you were just toast. Now, we don't really have a lot of those guys that are out there on the field that can do that. In the receiving team, I, I I think you and I like some of the talent that's there, but none of them have proven that they can be game breakers at this point. Um, so that's something to see if we could just like if we could just move the ball effectively down the field where we don't have to grind so much. That's a big change to me. Yeah. And I would take it even a step further receiver. None of those guys have even proven they can be a consistent starting yeah. receiver, right? Let alone game. Like, we like the young talent and we like Lewis, mm-hmm. the, the transfer, but there is a ton to prove there. There's a ton oh, yeah. to prove at the tight end spot. And you mentioned Nelson getting his feet wet at left tackle. Like we should also mention Beach is playing guard for the first time. Yeah. Right. There's and a Lo- bunch Logan of, Brown at right tackle. Like, Logan Brown at right tackle. Different. So there's a bunch of moving parts. And, you know, like you said, a lot of coaches get used to, you know, Graham Mertz has another offensive offensive quarterback coach listen to someone else new in his in his headset so i'm not too worried about it and we've like you said one of the biggest things is we can limit the turnovers we have not heard a lot of reports of, of Aaron throws there was one that i think jordan turner might have picked off or should have picked off yeah um that went through his there's been a few the of those most part, yeah for the most part it seems like maybe a little better hopefully yeah i mean i think we're headed in the right direction i think you and i agree that we're it will take some time to get where we want to be, but I, I think that we feel comfortable that this will be an improved offense. 
how improved is what we need to find out. Well, this is here, here's a question. We didn't really talk about this beforehand, but with the type of defense we normally field, and I think you and I talked about I think the defense is going to take a, a step back. I don't think it's going to be a major step back. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be a little worse, but it still should be really good. Right. Yeah, I so think, like we're it, talking a drop from like number one overall to like top 10 or 15. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good defense. So if you can get a middle of the tier Big Ten offense to complement that, this team is going to be is oh, going to yeah. be really scary. The question is, can we at least get a average Big Ten offense? Yeah. Can we get even a slightly above average Big Ten offense? And that's really the question. The the milestone to me on this, where we think that where I think that we're in a good spot, is if we can get close to the mid thirties in points per game, then then we're dangerous. And we have not done that a lot under Paul Chris since he's been here. So it's something that we need to get more consistently. And I think that with the talent level that we typically bring in, that should be the expectation. Yeah. I agree. I think with this offensive line, with with Mertz in his third year, with some of the receiving talent we have, and, and with Braylon Allen, like let's yeah. not forget with with one of the three or four best running backs in college football, mm-hmm. right? Like the you should be able to put up points and punish defenses, yeah, and not just Purdue, Illinois, Eastern Illinois, etc. You should be able to put points up on Michigan, Penn State, yeah. You know, not forty five, but you got to be able yeah. to make those matches. You need to be able to at least get close to thirty against good teams like if you can it that's kind of where the the line of demarcation is mm-hmm. in college football good teams put 30 on what whoever they're playing so you need to be able to get close to that if you want to be competitive in those games because as great as our defense is and it's better than ma- even the majority of the good teams in college football it still can only do so much for you like there's going to be against a good team they're going to give up some points mm-hmm. you need to take some of that pressure off of them so that Every mistake isn't, you know, put you kind of into a bind. Agreed. Yep. hundred percent agree. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and call it for today, everybody. Once again, if you want to reach out to us on social media, feel please. Gmail.com or at Lockdown Badgers for Twitter. Thanks again for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every day. Continue turning into Lockdown Badgers for our spring football previews. We'll talk a little bit more about the basketball transfer portal coming up here as the Badgers should be really busy in that. So we'll hopefully have some good news coming forth on that shortly. Now make your second listen, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football's prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.